The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, folks, we have a game five for the Yankees tonight, as well as Monday Night Football. So let's get right down to it. The weather is not great in New York today. We've got rain for most of the day today and expected to rain tonight. Not enough to cancel the game, but enough to make it so that the Yankees are going to delay this game. I don't know when, but they are going to delay this game because they got to figure out a way to stretch this out as long as humanly possible so that it doesn't become a bullpen game because they don't have any arms available of note. Although Garrett Cole did say he wants the ball if possible after throwing 110 pitches last night. Uh, You know, that is the stuff of legends, but it'd be a terrible idea considering the Yankees invested over $300 million into him. And his arm could go at any moment if you play him with zero days rest after throwing 100 plus innings. It's a 100 plus uh, pitches. It's a terrible idea. But if you're looking at it from a logistical standpoint, who do the Yankees have available to go? Basically, and it's interesting because uh, I can't believe both teams are going with these proposed starters, but it's Jamison Tyon and Aaron Tavale. Um, I mean, these are number four starters. The only reason why I could say that these guys are being thrown in is because they they know the weather's going to suck. And that's the only reason why. But with everything on the line, these are not the guys who would be going out there typically if the weather was good in a game five. I would have expected Shane Bieber on short rest to pitch for the, uh, the Guardians. And from the Yankee side, I would have expected to see Nesta Cortez and even Severino on short rest to come in relief uh, as a long man uh, for Cortez just to get the W. That's what I would have expected. But given where we are with the rain and everything else, there's going to be expectation that even with a delay, they're still going to run into delays as the game goes along, because it's supposed to be raining through the night. So, um, it's supposed to be light rain, not enough to impact things, but given the, uh, uh, winter takes all nature of this game. Yeah. The Yankees are going to be extra cautious here. That's why I expect, I expect that the Yankees will play it safe and try to delay as long as humanly possible, because the fact that they, put Tyon in this spot is telling me that they were going to go full bullpen 
um, with the starters to relieve Tyon. And that's going to be um, pretty much how they're going to go. I mean, I don't, I don't expect anyone to believe that these starters are going to go more than three innings. I'd be shocked. Maybe two. That that's where I kind of look at this like this is a hard one to actually pick in terms of how this is going to be, uh, <laughs> how this is going to be uh, uh, <laughs> a game to pick because the weather being where it is, it's usually supposed to be with this kind of weather. It's uh, uh it tends to uh, dampen the ball and it's harder to hit the ball out. That's where it should be shaping up. Now, do I think that's how it's going to play out? Who knows? Because both, uh, you know, while the the Guardians don't really have great power at all, what we've seen the propensity for the Yankees pitching staff to give up, though, are kind of gimme pitches where you can get uh, the ball... Uh, the ball out going out and, it, and I would say it's more likely to be hit out to left field. Um, I know everyone talks about the short right field porch with the Yankees, but in this case, it feels more like a left field type of game where I could see, uh, the ball getting pulled and going to left field. I mean, Yankee stadium always has the shortest porches in major league baseball on both sides. So, I mean, that's where I would kind of look for this, is that both teams to be kind of pulling the ball. Uh, I just don't think it's a great approach, uh, given the weather tonight. I think it plays a little bit slower, a um, little bit slicker, uh, with the grass obviously being wet. That favors the Indians. I would say the Indians, I keep saying the Indians, I mean the Guardians, you know what I mean. Uh I would expect uh, Cleveland to be more aggressive on the base pass, force the Yankees into mistakes. We uh, we know with the Yankees lineup tonight, you're you're basically getting again. They are trying to go for defense. Aaron Hicks is in the lineup in the nine hole. I mean, it's Hicks, Bader, and Stanton. I mean, well, Stanton's DH, but Judge in the outfield. So between Judge, Bader, and Hicks, that's the best defensive group Boone can put out there. Man, the fact that Aaron Hicks is starting in a in an elimination game is not a is not a good uh, feeling, but it is what it is. So um, that's where I kind of look at it: is that this game's kind of a toss up. I told you guys from the outset that this was not the odds were. Way too wide for the Yankees. I doubt this was closer to a maybe a 55 percent uh, chance the Yankees win this series. I thought it was going to be tight. Now this game really feels more. I would say, and again, this is where sometimes you got to look at it from uh, an overall thought process of how does this game play out. Because I look at this and I and I kind of say that while the Yankees are a slight favorite at minus one fifty five, I think this is closer to a pick 'em because the Yankees are only a slight favorite because they're at home. I think this is 
more favorable to uh, being a pick'em or even uh, the Guardians being favored because this is going to be more focusing on defense tonight where you're going to try to use your speed and the outfield grass uh, to see if somebody makes a mistake. And we've seen Hicks mess up in in the outfield. It's not as though he's a lock in the outfield. He's had some miscues, especially late in the year, that got him benched permanently until now, of course. Uh, it was like, it's, it's, it's wild how the Yankees found themselves in this spot. But, hey, I'm not the one who constructed this roster. I'm just the one who told you this roster was incredibly flawed even before the season started. But, um, yeah. I think I think the Guardians actually win this one, to be honest with you. But uh, we shall see how it how it plays out. But uh, if they play tonight, I actually think uh, I'm not gonna. Uh, as a Yankees fan, I'm not gonna bet on <laughs> the opposing team. But I would not be surprised in the slightest to see the Yankees drop this one. This does not look as though it's uh, tilted in their favor. Even if uh, you see Cole coming out for an inning to pitch, uh, it's it's a great gesture. I just don't. I think the Yankees lost this series in in Game Three by not actually prioritizing the bullpen arms the way they needed to be, and the fact that Holmes wasn't even used at all when that was the swing game to potentially close it out in Cleveland. Uh, I, I think it's an unforgivable uh, uh, blunder there. But uh, be that as it may, we're gonna get into. Uh, Monday Night Football. I mean, what can we say here? The Broncos are in primetime again. Those of you who have not been following, the Broncos coached by first-year coach Nathaniel Hackett, who clearly has shown that he never should have gotten the job in the first place, have looked to be the most anemic offense imaginable in the NFL. However, if you look at the Chargers side, uh, the Chargers are one of the worst coached teams in the entire league. It is almost mind-boggling that <laughs> this team is where they are right now, uh, being three and two. When in reality, they should have won all five of their games. Like it's inexcusable. And to be fair, the Chargers should have lost to the Browns. They got lucky not to lose to the Browns uh, when they opted to go for it on fourth down on their own end of the field, only up two. It, it is it is a rough, rough look for the Chargers, but even rougher for the Broncos. So, realistically, the Chargers should blow out the Broncos. They should. It's a 45.5 total. That's what Vegas is counting on. They're counting on the Chargers to get their act together because they know they can score. The problem is, I know this Chargers team, even if you tell them this is an opportune time to uh, uh, score points and do well, they'll find a way to screw it up. So to me, this is one of those where you got to multi-enter because you got to uh, like find a script to make it make sense. And this is not a fun lineup to build because I, can't, I could say without question... It is very possible that the, the uh, that the Broncos defense could force turnovers on the Chargers because I don't trust the Chargers offensive line with Rashawn Slater out for the year 
as the left tackle. I think the Chargers, uh, I mean, the Broncos defense could legitimately give the Chargers fits. The problem is, with everything going on, I think it's a real struggle for the Broncos offensive score. So the 45 and a half total basically could be just wildly overly optimistic. We could hit a total under 39 and a half, in my opinion. That's a very real possibility given the struggles of these two offenses at times. It's just the fact that you would think with the Chargers, they should be able to figure it out before the Broncos offense ever gets off the ground because I truly think the Broncos offense is broken. The Chargers just can't seem to get out of their own way, which is a big difference. Now, in terms of the roster construction, I would say monitor the injury news, but Melvin Gordon has a neck injury. Uh, he's going to play through it for the Broncos so the, uh, in the starting running back position. I think you can position this where Melvin Gordon plays a significantly reduced role and you can play Mike Boone, but you can also play Latavius Murray, who's also a veteran in the league. I think Latavius Murray probably gets more playing time in the event that Melvin Gordon exits the game early, which we've seen happen. As soon as he can get a hard hit, like there's a real chance that we could get into a bad situation. I don't think it's a lock that the uh, Broncos rushing attack is the three-headed back that people expect it to be. I think Melvin Gordon, you know, they're they're monitoring the situation. The reason why Latavius Murray is still staying active is because they know that this could all fall apart. So I just I just look at this and say, you have to be honest with yourself in terms of if you're not playing multiple lineups, I don't think there's necessarily a slate to go all in with just one lineup. I think you got to at least think it through how you want to balance it. You put in together your script of how you expect the Broncos to win, and you put in the script of how you think uh, the Chargers win, and then you put in your chaos script of, okay, random stuff is going to happen. And I I think that's kind of how we have to interpret this. If the Broncos are going to win, I would say Cortland Sutton should be the captain for the Broncos. He's He's had the best rapport with Russell Wilson. I wouldn't put Russell in the captain because he hasn't been running nearly enough, in my opinion, and I don't think his passing yards will be enough uh, to move the needle from the price tag he's at for the quarterback position versus what you can get with Sutton with a PPR format. I mean, Russell is 10K on DraftKings, and he's going to run you 15000 in the in the captain spot uh, because of that. I, I look at this and say, you know, you have to kind of evaluate this on its merits. I think Cortland Sutton at 8,400, if you plug him into the captain, so you're basically going to be a little under uh, 14,000 with Cortland Sutton. I think that's the way to go in terms of roster construction if you're building for a Broncos win script. Or if you want to do the uh, a close loss script, you can build with uh, Cortland Sutton and the captain, uh, Russ in the flex, and then build with four chargers, including um, pick, take your pick between Eckler, Herbert, 
and uh, Mike Williams. You're not going to be able to fit all of them, but you can fit uh, at least two of them and pick your script of four Chargers. I think that's a viable way to go if you think it's a close loss for the Broncos. If you think the Broncos win, I still think you play it with... Um, I think I still think you play it with uh, uh, with Cortland Sutton, and like I said, I think Latavius Murray gets featured in both the run game and the passing game for the Broncos. So to me, I like Latavius Murray because he's sixteen hundred. Now, if we get this Dulcich guy um, in the tight end spot, he's only two hundred. I think he, this is one of those throwaway pump plays where. In the chaos theory scenario of, okay, let's play the best guys. I, I think you can play uh, you can play Dulcich in that chaos theory scenario I talked about. But to me, the the running back play, in my opinion, is Latavius Murray uh, because Gordon is going to be running you uh, around uh, eighty two hundred. I don't like the play. Just be perfectly honest. And I think Mike Boone, while they like him, I don't think they trust him with the rock. I think it's going to be uh, Latavius Murray. Just, I'm just being perfectly honest. This is a gut feel. I don't have anything to go on with this one. But that's where I kind of look at this is that you could look at um, Murray as being the feature back. And uh, they'll use Melvin Gordon and... Um, Mike Boone sporadically, but I think Latavius Murray's the one who gets most of uh, the play here. So it's kind of it's a, it's kind of interesting, like how um, we uh, we measure this. But uh, like I said, Russell Wilson likes throwing to tight ends. Dulcich is a talented guy. I think there's a real chance that he could be the random dude that pops off that no one's really accounting for. My only thing is, because of the scripts I'm running, I already have uh, Latavius Murray as my cheap guy. I would rather just roll with Murray than take the chance that Dulcich gets uh, five or six catches. Because I think uh, Dulcich will need like five or six catches and hopefully get into the end zone because I'm not entirely sold that. Again, I haven't seen this guy play. Like He's been on injury reserve with a hamstring injury. I haven't seen him run down the field, so I don't know what his yards after catch uh, truly looks like. So that's my concern about playing uh, Dulcich extensively when I could just play Latavius Murray and folks aren't anticipating that uh, uh, Murray is going to get featured a lot. I think he will. So that's where I'm looking to get different. And then you can play on the Chargers side, Mike Williams, who's 10,600. You can play in Austin Eckler, who's 11400 They're all really expensive. Herbert's 11000 But, like I said, if you play Latavius Murray, it makes a difference where you can afford those guys. I wouldn't necessarily play Latavius Murray in the captain. But, if you really wanted to fit everyone in, you could do that. But, that's not my recommendation in terms of a roster construction um, for this game. But, uh, we shall see. And, you know... Could there be a random appearance by Jerry Judy? Sure. But Jerry Judy's dropped enough passes where I'm I'm looking at it and saying, do I really want to burn more money with Jerry Judy at 7K? Because it, it, it is a very attractive price tag. I've just seen Jerry Judy fail enough times this year already with Russ that 
going back to the well feels like it's a, an exercise in pain, but we shall see. So that's going to do it for me. I'm going to get on out of here. We shall see how the Yankees game plays out. We'll see how Monday Night Football plays out. Hopefully you guys enjoy the game, but uh, there's going to be uh, more to come. So uh, that's all for me. Have a good one, folks. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.